Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, we're diving into the world of tax planning with Stephen Jarvis, the least boring CPA in the world? Well, at least in our network, and I feel like that's a really great start. Stephen is a true thought leader in tax planning as well as the CEO and head CPA at Retirement Tax Services. If you're not familiar with this firm, it's solely focused on empowering financial advisors to navigate the complex waters of taxation. Their mission, change the world one tax return at a time. Stephen has a decade plus experience under his belt, finding ways to legally minimize tax liabilities, ensure that his clients aren't unnecessarily tipping the IRS. His belief is strong. There is no award for overpaying taxes, and he spent his career putting that belief into action. His expertise extends beyond just the day-to-day of tax planning. He's also a respected industry voice, featured in publications we're all very familiar with, like Advisor Perspectives. He's also a prolific content creator, and he regularly shares his insights through Retirement Tax Services website, and he hosts his own podcast, The Retirement Tax Services Podcast. By the way, side note, great name. I'm always talking about how podcast names should be super simple, unlike mine, and direct about what they're about, unlike mine. If I could go back, I would. Um, So Stephen, today we're going to be drawing in some of your knowledge to discuss tax planning, but also how financial advisors can identify tax saving opportunities for their clients and also use those Um, added value of the tax planning in their own marketing to help them stand out. So Stephen, thank you for being here. I know my introductions are usually a little long, but there was just so much good information to share about you. Well, Olivia, I'm super excited to be here. And there's nothing to brighten your day quite like having somebody else read uh, an intro for you and says, hey, that's right. I do. I do a few cool things, don't I? Yeah, it's a good reminder, you know, like you're doing a lot of cool stuff. I'm so excited to be able to share you um, with my audience if they aren't already uh, aware of you. Of of course, I was. So I'm guessing that many of my audience will know who you are also. But it's always nice to put a live, quote unquote, live face with the name. So I'm super excited. Um, is there, So is there anything I miss? Is there any other cool, groovy stuff that you've got going on that you want to share with us before we hop in? I, you know, that that's pretty thorough introduction of as far as the things I'm doing currently. The other thing I'll throw out there, because I get the question sometimes of, okay, you, you're a CPA, why spend all this time with financial advisors? And I, I did actually grow up around the industry. My dad got into financial planning in the in the 90s, which of course, then financial planning mostly just meant insurance sales. But he, he was a real early adopter of becoming a CFP, doing comprehensive financial planning. And so I grew up around that. I was exposed to it real early on and saw the value in it. And so my, my skill set kind of took me in a little bit different direction as far as what I got my degree in and how I started my career. But there's just so much value in the collaboration between professionals in a client's life that uh, really it came out of advisors coming to me and saying, geez, we just can't find CPAs who will play nice with advisors. What, what if we created something that would solve this problem that would both help advisors from a, a standpoint of learning how to do this for themselves and then also partnering with advisors to get taxes done. 
Okay, so you do both. You help them with their clients' tax returns, but you also sort of teach them how to go about doing some great tax planning on their own. Yeah, so we we really try to approach it from both of those angles of of how can we provide education, resources, and content so that and, and really our focus isn't on teaching advisors about tax strategies they've never heard of before. It turns out Google knows a lot more than I do. What our focus is, is how do you get this done in practice? When you sit down and talk to a client, how do you phrase this? How do you explain it to them? What's going to resonate? What's going to help them take action? Because at the end of the day, action's the only thing that counts, which is why I love talking to marketers because I, I, I feel like people who are you know, really invested in the marketing space, get this, that it, it doesn't matter if you have the coolest idea ever, it's how you communicate it. It doesn't matter if I know how to save you the most taxes ever. It's how I communicate in a way that's going to resonate and help people take action. I love that you made that connection because that is exactly what I was going to say that we do with financial advisors in their messaging in general, because nine out of 10 advisors who come to me now, let me preface this by saying I only work typically with established advisors who've been, you know, in the industry, working, building their business for usually over 10 years is when is a good, you know, they usually have like the budget to go spend on marketing. Um, but almost every single advisor who comes to me needs help with their messaging. And I, that's like what I'm always harping on is, you know, great, you do all these things, but what does that translate into for your client? And then what are the words that we're going to use that incite them to take action, which in marketing would be, you know, doing a lead collection type thing um, or a lead generation type, you know, mechanism. Um, so I'm so glad that you touched on that. I mean, that really seems like a super, super valuable way to help just beyond being the person who's preparing the tax returns. Well, and Olivia, if I can, if I can throw some data at you on why sure. we think this is so impactful from, from a marketing standpoint, um, I actually recently had a guest on my podcast who deals with the psychology side of money. And uh, I, I loved having her on because she reinforced things I already believed, but they were just in my head before. Now I've got science behind them. Taxes are very emotional for people, way more so than investments or earnings or anything else. Taxes are very emotional. It feels uh, we're all kind of wired to avoid loss, and that's what taxes feel like. And so especially if we talk about it from a marketing standpoint, uh, your prospective clients, your existing clients, they're really going to resonate with a message around, hey, I can help you avoid this painful thing. Case in point, we did. Uh, so I work. I spend a lot of my time working with advisors, but we also have consumer-facing content. And in May of this year, we did our first taxpayer-facing webinar where we got on and said, "Hey, here are some of the things that we typically look at for helping our clients save in taxes over the course of their lifetime." And when we got to the end, we had hundreds of people sign up for the webinar. And when we got to the end of it and said, "Hey, would would anybody be interested in talking to a financial advisor?" who focuses on tax planning, over 100 people said, yes, please introduce me to someone. That's something I need in my life. And so this is this is something that everyone knows they have to pay taxes. Not everyone necessarily thinks that they need a financial advisor. So if you can be, so, be one of those people who has this message of, I can help you avoid this pain, uh, it, it's really going to prompt action. Yeah. I, right away, I think of one of my 
clients that they do the tax prep with a team of CPAs and the financial mm-hmm. advising and business consulting all under one roof. And of course, you know, we write about the benefits of having one team covering, you know, all aspects so that you don't miss out on that. And whenever we have run ads for different offers, you know, parts of their service, the tax ads are always, I call like trigger events. Yes. We use the word trigger too when we're talking about tax planning, like you don't want to trigger a major tax event. But also in as far as advertising goes, because taxes are so emotional and all of us have to deal with it, it's not something that is unique to a certain group or demographic, um, that those those messages always translate over really well. So if there's an opportunity to bring the tax planning to the forefront, I always recommend it as one of our sort of awareness entryways to get people in the door to the nurture sequence. Well, and that example you give of that client you work with is part of the reason that we also, because I I talked a lot about um, how we work with advisors on helping them do more of taxes, but what you're describing is why we also partner with advisors so that we are doing hands-on tax prep and tax and tax planning, because it's great when it can all be under the same roof. I, I haven't seen a lot of examples where that, uh, turns out the way that advisors want it to, because they're just different business models. They're different skill sets. Yeah. When it can work, it is phenomenal. And so a uh, good friend of mine, Benjamin Brandt, the way he describes it is, uh, I, I don't want to own a boat. I want to have a friend that owns a boat. And so that's how we look at doing taxes for in collaboration with advisors is, hey, we're, we're the ones that own the boat. Why don't you come use our boat? And so they can yeah. still go to their prospective clients or existing clients and say, hey, we've partnered with someone to offer you this valuable service. Uh, and they they get that they get that reaction they get that that value add. You know it's funny that you put it that way because um in in digital marketing as well there's you know there's about a million different things you can do um to you know grow your business or keep your clients happy or whatever your goals are are for your strategy. But I am not an expert in all of them, so I pretty I do the same thing. Is for example, with technical side of SEO, I can do on-page SEO all day, but I don't want to own the technical boat SEO. I just don't. I will never want to own that boat. So I, exactly, I do the same thing. I partner with people that I trust and, you know, would trust with my clients to come in and let us use their boat. And I'm getting like major Wolf of Wall Street vibes right now. Remember when the IRS comes and he starts throwing the money? I can't help it. Um <laughs> Well, okay. So how did you decide to work with financial advisors instead of tax professionals? I know you're a tax professional, but you know, there could have been different synergies. So what made you go this way? That's a really good question. I spent the first part of my career doing stereotypical CPA things, whatever, whatever you're envisioning of a CPA working way too many hours in a small cubicle or office like that. That's at least somewhat true of of early parts of my career. But it got to a point where I really wanted to be able to have a more direct impact on more people. And so, and I mentioned it kind of just really quickly earlier, but I, since I grew up around financial planning, I know a lot of people in this industry. And so I had advisors that started coming to me saying, hey, we, we see this huge need, but we, we, we also need a CPA who can help us fill it. And so I had kind of the background in it, saw the need for, and really saw it as an opportunity to work directly with financial advisors and end clients because the taxes are something that impacts all of us. And so what a great way to help people. The the phrase we always use is that there's, there's no patriotic awards for, for overpaying the IRS, 
or another way we like to put it is tip your server, not the IRS. We want people to pay every dollar they owe, but you don't have to pay extra. And so the more we can do to either empower the advisor or empower the client directly to only pay what they absolutely owe, uh, that, that's, that's very fulfilling for me. It's very gratifying. And so this has been a really exciting thing to be involved in. Yeah. And I imagine for the advisor that, you know, ha- is, is working with you then, um, has a real great, um, a- added layer to help like with their client, uh, retention say, Hey, you know, your CPA doesn't currently, you know, I can see that there are some opportunities missing. So what do you do if there is a situation where, um, the advisor clients are already have a CPA. Um, are there times when you'll they'll still recommend um, using their services or how does that work? That's a great question. And it really goes to the second part of the earlier question you asked that I kind of skipped over of, of okay, so I talked about why work with advisors, but you know, why not work with other tax professionals? And so what just the way the tax industry has evolved over several decades, it's incredibly but uh, it's incredibly focused on the rearview mirror. I have a little cartoon on my desk that has it has a, a car window, and it's the rearview mirror. Literally says, "This is tax returns. Everything else is tax planning." But the tax wow. industry, most CPAs are very focused on what happened last year. Let's report what already went on. Let's make sure that we're you know we're complying with all the IRS rules, which is important. We need to do that. But the tax industry, the CPA industry at large, is not really geared towards proactive and forward looking thinking. And so this is where advisors can run into significant challenges working with their clients, tax professionals. This is why advisors came to me and said, we can't find people who play nice with us. Really Uh. simple example that a lot of your listeners will probably resonate with is even just something as commonplace as Roth conversions. Most CPAs, most enrolled agents, tax professionals of any kind are really focused on how do I help my client get a big refund right now? because that's what their clients are asking them to do. And so when you come along as a financial advisor and say, hey, we should convert $100,000 to Roth. It's going to cost you about 30 grand in taxes this year. I think this is a great idea. And you probably did a great job articulating it to your client of how it fits in the plan and why it makes sense. But then it gets to tax time and the CPA says, hey, your financial advisor is an idiot. You have to pay $30,000 in taxes because of all the stupid things they're doing. And they're going to immediately throw you under the bus because they're working too many hours and they're too focused on last year and they're not looking forward. And now you've got this conflict with you know, with your client and their tax preparer of, well, what was the right answer? Uh, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. So you, you know, highlight the opportunity and then, you know, that's sort of your shoe in, I guess, to say it one way. Yeah. So what we see happen in practice quite often, uh, when we, let, let's talk about when we see this go well, because it, it definitely does go well at times. Um, w- when it when it goes really well is when you have financial advisors who recognize that just because someone has a CPA doesn't mean they have someone who's doing tax planning for them. So the, the, the advisor isn't assuming, oh, you've got a CPA you're all taken care of. So they're doing proactive work on their own. They're getting tax returns from their clients. They're reviewing for these opportunities. And then they're clearly articulating the value to their client. They're not just saying, hey, trust me, we should do this. And the advisors who really do a great job of this, they take it a step further and they help their clients proactively communicate to their tax professional outside of tax filing season. Uh, Everyone's had the experience of trying to call a CPA in February or March and not hearing from them ever. 
but it turns out CPAs tend to be pretty good people. They're, they're pretty smart. They do a pretty good job if you catch them at the right time in the right place in their process. So if you're reaching out in July and August and September and saying, hey, here's things we're thinking about doing for next year and giving the CPA a chance to be part of the team and weigh in, you're going to have a much better outcome. Yeah, definitely. I I actually have personally found that with myself um, because I work with a CPA who's been with our family for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years. So wow. I'm coming in as like a third, fourth, third, fourth generation with the CPA. Um, and I, you know, before I started working with my financial advisor and then when my financial advisor came on board, he sort of helped me say, hey, like, let's go to the CPA and let's get this information and let's plan for this. And I was like, oh, why, why wasn't he doing that? (laughs) And he's like, well, same thing you said, like, it's really, you know, he's not really doing the forward planning for you. He's just helping you do, you know, your preparations and things like that. And of course, things got a little bit more complex when we started the business and there was a little bit more, but, you know, having the financial advisor who was like, okay, let's get with the CPA. Let's take care of this stuff. Just opened up, you know, lots of different opportunities that otherwise I would not have been aware of. So I'm totally with you on that. Um, So... (laughs) What what happens if an advisor gets a return, but there aren't any obvious tax paying opportunities? What what would you help with in that situation? Yeah, that's a great question because I, I just again just kind of casually threw out there that advisors should be getting their clients' tax returns, and I don't get advisors too often that'll push back on me and say that hey, that's just a terrible idea across the board. One of the areas of hesitation I get though is, well, geez, if I go and ask all my clients for their tax returns, now I have to do something spectacular on every one of those or it was a waste of time. And so if I can't find them $100,000 in tax savings, then what was even the point? And Ah. so I, I, I try to work really hard on both with advisors and clients of let's let's set clear expectations here that I'm I'm not your guy for uh, account, setting up accounts in the Cayman Islands uh, that I am not <laughs> here to help you dodge the IRS or do things that could potentially put you in jail right we like I said before we want people to pay every dollar they owe we just don't want them to leave that tip and so usually what that looks like is consistent efforts over time This isn't some home run all in one year where we save a million dollars in taxes and we never have to revisit it. It's doing the small incremental things consistently over time. And for that to happen, somebody's got to be paying attention to this every single year. And so we like to apply what we call the dishwasher rule. And the way the dishwasher rule works is that if you if you have a significant other and you do the dishes and they don't know you did the dishes, you get no credit for doing the dishes. And so the, the way this works with clients is that if you do, if, if you're reviewing a tax return, if you're making sure that they are up on whatever strategies applied to them or the latest tax law changes, and you don't then let them know, even if there's not any action they need to take, you still need to apply the dishwasher rule and say, hey, Olivia, I just wanted to let you know that we ran your return through our 37 point checklist. You're all set for this year. Things are looking really good. We're going to go through the same process next year and make sure that you're still up to date. And clients, clients love that. They love knowing that they're being taken care of. And the, the 37 isn't arbitrary. We, we literally have a checklist we made for our advisors to be able to go through and say, here are things you should be looking at on every tax return. And some of them are very simple, but we see these things get done wrong all the time. And so even those simple things can have value if they're done consistently and if they're communicated effectively. 
Yeah. And I think the first part of that um, tidbit was, you know, what we all know to be true. It's really lifetime value, right? So like, we're not Mm -hmm. just looking at what you can do this year. We're looking at what is going to be the lifetime savings, you know, whether we're going to, you know, put this bucket of money in a tax deferred situation, or we're going to put it, um, you know, and pay taxes on it now in order to save on the lifetime value. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a good point to make is that there doesn't always have to be some fireworks out of the park home run every time you're going to go check in, but there can be small changes, um, along the way that are going to make a difference over the long haul. Now, of course the fireworks are fun. Like don't, don't get me wrong. We worked with, we started working with a new client this year that it, the first thing we do when we're working with the taxpayers, we get their last three years of tax returns because we want to see the context of where they're coming from. We want to make sure they've been taken care of. So new client comes on board. They've got a small business. We immediately say, hey, hey, hold on a second. You're not taking the qualified business income deduction, the QBI. And they said, well, I my CPA said they were doing it right. And so we went back and looked at it and we're in the process of amending three years of returns that will get them about $20,000 of refunds that they weren't expecting because we took that extra few minutes to go through our checklist and say, does anything stand out? Right, right. No, I love that. I mean, yes, the fireworks are fun, but let's not undermine, you know, the the incremental changes. So yeah. how can advisors, I mean, where should they even begin? I mean, should they try to go and, and, and understand this entire massive tax code or you know, where should they begin? Yeah, it's a great question, Olivia, because the tax code is daunting to, to say the least. Uh, it's, you know, tax laws come from Congress, but they, they never come complete from Congress. The IRS then has to interpret <laughs> what Congress has said and write all the rules and it becomes this giant convoluted mess. And I I tell people quite often to stop looking for the logic in the tax code because it's just not there. This wasn't built on logic or reason. It's built on all these arbitrary rules. So what we're left with is 80,000 plus pages of tax rules. And if you go in saying, hey, for me to talk to my clients about taxes, I have to be an expert on all things taxes. I mean, just give up now. That's not going to happen. I don't I'm not an expert on all things taxes. So what I two recommendations I give to advisors. One is start with your own tax return. If you're really new to tax planning, start with your own situation because it turns out you know the most about that. Uh, whether you're using a, a, a resource like a, like a, a checklist from Retirement Tax Services or there's software platforms out there, whatever you're doing, run your own return through that process and you know pretend for a second you didn't know this was yours. What would you be able to learn from that? What planning opportunities would you point out? What concerns might you have? So I I really encourage advisors to always go through their own return first. And and then the next step from there is let's focus on the strategies that are most relevant to your client base. If you're not working with any business owners, okay, great. Let's skip over all of that. If you only work with business owners, great. We don't need to worry about uh, as much of of some of the W-2 things. So figure out, okay, what are those top three or five things that are applicable to your clients and become really, really familiar, potentially become an expert in those areas. The, The other thing that I really encourage advisors to do as they're starting into this or as they're looking to level up what they're doing around tax planning is you need to remember that you can provide a tremendous amount of value to your clients without being the final answer. And what I mean by that is advisors are in such a great position to see all aspects of their client's life. That's one of the things I miss as a tax professional is that I'm focused on one piece of the puzzle, not necessarily the whole puzzle. And so as an advisor, if you're committed and you set the expectation to your clients that, hey, 
I might not have the answer, but I'm going to help you find the answer. You're going to need to understand enough about taxes to be able to point them in the right direction and know what questions to be asking. But you don't have to be the final answer. Your clients don't expect you to be. Yeah. And, you know, this is just for me, I always talk about the power of integration and digital marketing. You know, when every to me, I don't I don't know. You can throw up a website and you can make a LinkedIn page and decide you're going to post every day and do some random stuff here and there. But really, if you are looking to grow your business or, you know, um, work on your client retention rate uh, or do some lead gen type stuff, everything really needs to be integrated. And I know that we don't need to tell the financial advisors that the tax plan needs to be integrated with the financial plan. But in cases like this, this is why I love the ability to work with outside partners, because then you don't have to be the expert in every single area of that integration, but still give your clients access to the best resources that you have available. So I just, I, I'm very keen on this model and I, you know, it's just like, um, one of our clients is a outsourced chief investment officer is like another mm-hmm. type of partner that an advisor can work with in order yeah. to make sure that everything is up to snuff without having to be the expert in all things, you know, all the technical investment stuff, it, you know, cause let's be honest, there are plenty of advisors who aren't, that's not their favorite thing to do. So they shouldn't, you know, they don't have to be the one to do it. Um, Olivia, I'd I'd love to key in on something you said and then get your perspective on something because one of the things that I hear from advisors at times when they say, hey, you need to be doing more around taxes, they say, when I get online, uh, everybody's talking about taxes. Everyone does tax play now. Like, what's the point? It's not really going to differentiate me. Because you mentioned in there that, that, hey, it's, it's easy to set up a website. It's easy to start a social media campaign. And I think it can give this false sense of, all the information is already out there. All the services are already out there. Everybody knows all the things. And it's just not the case. I work with hundreds no. of advisors every year. And the questions I get from advisors sometimes are, are almost a little bit concerning to me of, wait, you didn't even understand that really basic tax principle. And so I, I just, I throw that out there again, with love maybe your insight on how you help people navigate what's, what's just kind of noise versus what's actually value when it comes to digital marketing. But I I just want to reassure your listeners, there is tremendous opportunity around tax planning. This is something that uh, most of the industry is not doing well and can be a a huge differentiator if you are actually providing value to your clients. Right. And so that's one of the things that you can even bring to the forefront of your marketing to say, hey, look, I might be the same as this other guy in this way, meaning we're both financial advisors. You know, we both serve physicians. Maybe we're both even financial advisors serving physicians and we happen to be in your area. Okay, so like bonus, 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 right? But if you have that extra tax planning piece, then that can be, like you said, a key differentiator. But to go back to your original question, which is tangentially related to this, you asked... um, now I'm gonna have. Now I can't remember what you said. Hold on. <laughs> uh, separating the noise from the value in digital marketing because there's just so ah, much fluff out yeah. there. Okay. Well, what was I gonna say? Oh. Oh. Okay. So, which is tangentially related? How do we help advisors with? connecting with different folks on how they're different. So the first thing that we do is we look at their target audience and what the top, I say, three to five pain points are of those audience. And like I mentioned earlier, some of that stuff can be tax stuff. Yes, 
we all know that they're okay. Quarterly, you know, if you're a business owner, you might know that quarterly taxes are due, but it's nice to see a reminder. It's nice to get an email or let, you know, from your advisor to get that message. I just made a video yesterday, which is not up yet because it has to be edited, but um, on this bias factor, right? That we think that, well, anybody can Google it, anybody, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're really not. Yeah. Okay. So if you make the social media post about a tax deadline or about, you know, a little known, I don't want to say loophole, people don't like that word, it makes them cringy, but, uh, you know, like uh, I will say opportunities. If you're posing about these opportunities, you think, oh, well, everybody knows this. that's not true. We are all kind of stuck in our own tunnels. Um, and our networks and yes, we might see the same things over and over again, but people who are in our networks are not seeing the same things that we are. So it's important that you share the knowledge and information about how you solve their problems, even if it feels like the answers or the solutions to those problems are very heavily talked about because you don't, our exposure is not the same as our prospects exposure. Uh, We have to remember that. And even if it feels like we're saying it all the time, you're probably still not saying it enough because you have to think like other people were just bombarded by so much information at all times. I mean, that's why it takes so many touch points with a prospect for them to even sort of start to get what your main message is. You know, it's a lot of information on top of the information that they're using to survive as human beings. Um, So even if you feel like, well, this is said all the time, say it anyways. If you're not say, if you feel like you're saying it all the time, you're probably still not saying it enough. So be confident in your value. Work with a marketing team or at least use your friends as a sounding board or something to say, hey, look, this is the message that I'm going to try out. This is the message that I'm going with. It aligns with these things that we do and how we help and, you know, go from there. But I don't know, just, I just don't like, I don't want people to get discouraged because they feel like all the information is already out there because it's not, and nobody does it exactly like you. So share with the world. <laughs> well, and Olivia, you mentioned estimated payments in there, which I mean, we'll take this a step further. It's not even just that, that um, people might not know about a particular strategy. They're also very likely actively getting bad advice on a regular basis. Uh, I had an advisor reach out to me just a couple of weeks ago, and we wrote one of our recent uh, tax newsletters on this, that this client CPA basically said, "Uh, estimated payments aren't worth the hassle. Just don't worry about it. Pay it all at the end of the year. And there there might be situations where that's okay because of the safe harbor provisions. But for this specific client, because it's this advisor's client, and they're going to owe over $70,000 in taxes. Uh, for the entire year. And so now they're going to have to write a giant check at the end of the year. They're going to have thousands of dollars of underpayment penalties, but their CPA told them, hey, you're going to be fine. And so if the advisor hadn't been actively talking to their clients about taxes, this client's getting hit with thousands of dollars of underpayment penalties. Uh, and we, we won't, uh, we, there's not enough hours in the day to go down the rabbit hole of how much bad advice there is on social media, online, of people just pretending they're an expert. So your your clients, your clients, your prospects, they need this, they value this especially because of this financial influencer nonsense, which I think is what you're (laughs) referencing. Like now financial advisors aren't just talking and speaking out against other financial advisors. We have to compete with all of these gurus and all these only 
frauds, for lack of a better terminology, online who are giving the most terrible advice about, oh, well, the rich don't pay any money in taxes, so neither should you, and this is what you should do. And I mean, in 60 seconds, this person could ruin your entire tax strategy if you were actually to listen to it. So be the good be the good you want to see in the world and put the good information out there if for no other reason than to just counter like this nonsense that we're seeing in social media. So, so Steven, this has been really a lot of great information. I think that if there is our advisors out there who have been on the fence about adding this sort of um, tax planning partnership, that this is definitely going to give them something to think about. Um, just one more thing I would like to cover before we go is how you see advisors using this in their own marketing um, to help, you know, attract new clients to their business. I definitely see it being a powerful tool when it gets incorporated as far as being able to be able to lead with, hey, we incorporate taxes into what we're doing. Like I mentioned before, I mean, as, as we do our consumer facing content, we see the, the reaction directly of, hey, are you interested in working with someone who's focused on taxes that we, we see? I'm not a marketing expert myself. I like to dabble in it, but I stick to taxes on most things. But I hear from my advisors that are part of our community on the ways that they're doing it. Sometimes it's as simple as this is part of their prospecting meeting or their their new client process of letting them know, hey, we this is something that we collaborate on. We actually have a a tax partner that we that we use as a resource. Is that something that's important to you? Um, sometimes it can be much more formal or it can be much more integrated into their digital marketing. I love it when I see advisors, whether it's uh, social media content, video content in their newsletters, but that they're highlighting. And to me, this is, this is really critical. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll said it several times before we're done here today. Uh, it's the people who are seeing the success are the people who, who message this in a way that prompts people to take action. Don't quote the tax code at people. Don't bombard them with all the nuanced details of every single different tax bracket and every single different threshold and every single different credit stick to the things that are relevant and then help your clients, your prospects, your audience understand how they could take action and even better how you could help them take action. Uh, that, that That's an approach I like to take of this is when I'm talking about different tax topics, I like to very uh, adamantly, because I, I, I firmly believe this, very adamantly talk about this is something that you have to be doing. This is something that you you need someone on your team who understands this and can help you with it. For some people, that person on your team is going to be you. And that's great if you want to put the time into being that expert. But if not, if you're looking for someone to help you do these things, then great, there's resources available. And for advisors who are doing that marketing, of course, they want to slot themselves in as I'm the resource to be able to do that. But it's you know, present the topic, drive toward action, and then just give them the, they have a choice anyways, but just make it real clear. Hey, you could probably do this yourself, but if you're looking for help, I'm your guy. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And like I said earlier, we've always seen great success when we use the taxes um, and the awareness stage, you know, whether it's in an advertisement or posts or lead magnets, because as you mentioned, it's something that we all have to deal with. And we we all get very loss averse, risk averse, and we want to know, hey, like you said, we're not tipping the IRS. They weren't uh, serving us beers and nachos tonight. We're not <sighs> going to give them any more money than, than we should have to. Um, so, Stephen, I think this has been great. I know that this is going to give a lot of 
great things for my audience to think about. Why don't you go ahead and tell them how they will be able to find you? Um, of course, we'll put all the links to your information in the show notes, but let's go ahead and, and tell them for the ones listening. Yeah, so I'm really active on LinkedIn, Stephen Jarvis. It's really easy to find me. Uh, RetirementTaxServices.com is our website. Like you mentioned before, we have the Retirement Tax Services podcast. A real easy way to follow along with what we're doing, go out to the Retirement Tax Services website. We have a weekly email newsletter that's relevant tax stuff is what we call it. And it's just a weekly email that's going to come into your inbox. It's going to give you, again, very focused on taking action here are tax topics that we're seeing have a big impact that you can take action on. And then we have other we have webinars, and different events that you'll learn about from there. But my whole goal is to provide as much valuable content as I can. And then for the small percentage of advisors who are looking for additional help, then we'll get them signed up too. See you guys, free content, options for help. <laughs> I don't know if it gets any better than that. Steven, thank you again. And you all take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit LexiconContentDevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.